All right, Ari. You know, obviously, the two big issues this past week, uh, one of which is uh, an ongoing crisis, is the immigration crisis at the border. And then we also have these, uh, this supposed uh, Asian hate crime wave going on. Um, but it's not being done by whites. Um, it's done by another minority group. Um, it's not. It's done by non-whites at, at one point. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but first, I want to talk about the immigration crisis, so-called crisis. This is a crisis of one's own making, meaning the Democrat Party's own making. First, let's let's own this uh, situation. Let's kind of define the terms and everything else because it's interesting. They say that this is the biggest uh, influx of Im- illegal immigration on the Mexican border with the United States in 20 plus years, which would put it in the early days of the Bush administration. Um, and that might very well be. I, I have a feeling that it's worse than that. But, um, you know, we, we were not actively inviting the immigrants. We were just simply sloppy about it at the best. Here we have Joe Biden, however, having said during the campaign and shortly after it, how uh, he wants to change the immigration policy. He's, he wants to make it uh, super duper uh, embracing and kind and humanitarian and such. Um, and so he sends that signal out. He becomes president. And then, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, uh, massive surges of illegal immigrants, mostly children, are being pushed into the border. And they have, even have T-shirts uh, saying, Biden, let us in, let us in. All right. So... There's so many things to parse about this, Ari. One is that uh, this notion that somehow Trump was responsible for this. Uh, let's get rid of that right away. This is an obscene accusation. Um, Trump had actually fixed the immigration situation by moving it to into Mexico, the, um, the processing uh, uh, centers for immigration, into Mexico. So what is it? What do they call the Mexico-only policy or something like that uh, in Mexico? Policy. Bottom line was that they they had all these administration offices in Mexico, as opposed to letting all the immigrants come into America, have hearings, and then tell them, okay, come back in three months or whatever. And of course, they would never come back. But if you have the administration centers in Mexico, then they're considered, and they tell them come back in three months. Then they'll come back in three months, uh, and then you at least have some sort of tracking associated with each of these immigrants. So that was brilliant on the part of Trump. Then, of course, he was also building the wall. He had much better security otherwise as well. It was a multifaceted approach that really worked. We had immigration substantially under control with, with the, basically being a trickle as opposed to the flood of illegal immigration that nobody ostensibly wants. So here they are saying, you know, Trump's, this is Trump's fault. This is Trump's fault. They cannot explain how that's possible. Uh, the Biden administration literally dismantled the Mexico-only policy uh, for processing immigrants, uh, illegal immigrants. And uh, and then they say, oh, it's Trump's fault somehow. It, it's really amazing. It's like the, uh, I don't know, it, uh, you know, you, you set up a, a whole bunch of um, file alarm systems and, and water sprinklers in, in a building. And then the new owner of the building uh, takes out all those fire safety standards takes out all the water sprinklers, and that sets fire to the place, or lets the the, the face uh, the place be um, arsoned, if that's a word, um, set on fire. And then they say it's the it's the fault of the previous owner. I mean, it's it's really quite remarkable. So, 
I, I don't know even what to say on that, Ari. It's, it's a very strange thing. They, th- th- but that's the approach they've taken, and they simply say it, you know, expecting their loyal base to adopt it. I don't think that they're buying it. I don't think even the Democrat base is buying that. Uh, we, on the, on the right, of course, are not buying it as well. So that's one issue. Then the question is, when somebody knows what the answer is to stop this illegal immigration surge, and, it, and that's what it is, a surge, um, then you should do what it takes to stop the surge. In this case, it's very easy. Do what the Trump administration had done. At the very least, and they didn't have to do anything. They just didn't have to dismantle what the Trump administration had already done. Just keep it in place. Is that so hard? Kind of like that John F. Kennedy quote, don't remove a fence if you don't know why it wasn't put up in the first place. Right, yeah, don't, don't remove a fence if you don't know why it was there in the first place. Unless you, unless you know why it was up, until you know that why it was up there in the first place. Yeah, exactly right. So... Um, and, and I don't, it was a John F. Kennedy who said that. It's, I, think so. I think it might be G.K. Chesterton, but I, I do like that very much. But the point is yeah, that you never know if the person giving it in a speech was quoting the original yes. source or not. But the point is, I'm citing their liberal icon. Of course, in, in that's this very case. fair, and it's a, it's a very it's it's a very simple and straightforward approach to take to this. And of course, they're not interested in that. But it's not even a a good aphorism in this particular situation doesn't even apply because it's not as if they need to wonder. They know. This is a very recent thing. It was only three months ago that this border policy was in effect. Yeah, and also I think the huge kind of political issue on this is when the American voter is polled and they're asked, what is your issue of biggest concern, border security is consistently number one to the point that it single-handedly essentially elected one Donald J. Trump president in 2016. And it shows a level of unbelievable arrogance for people to just squeak by with the narrowest of electoral victories at best and then focus on destroying the very popular policies of the previous president Based on no mandate. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. And, and, and that's the frustration we all have. And I, but they just keep on throwing out these talking points. It was Trump's fault. It was Trump's fault. Look, I, I see a lot of my liberal friends saying, you know, gosh, it would be great to uh, analyze. And, you know, one, one um, uh, face, liberal Facebook uh, poster, you know, he was, he was honest uh, in one regard. He said, look, if Trump were responsible, were president at this point, had he been reelected, and this same thing that was happening, we'd be all up in his, you know what, uh, complaining about this, and we should be the same when it comes to Joe Biden, even though he's our man. Uh, and we can, and then he said, uh, at the same time, you know, we, we can discuss about whether, you know, Trump is partially blame, to blame for this, but it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's a legitimate discussion, but right now we need to deal with this uh, immigration crisis, and it's on Joe Biden's watch. So to which I'm saying, and I respond, look, good for you to acknowledge that you, you should attack Joe Biden the same way you would have attacked Donald Trump, but I ain't taking no responsibility for this. This is just like the water sprinkler situation. You took out the water sprinklers. You changed the entire uh, code and uh, left all sorts of dirty rags in, in the garage. And then the, the fire happened. This is you, not, not us. And that's, that's the problem that they have to deal with. Now, uh, but, but so, so 
that, that's an interesting part to me. At some point when, you know, it's like that bear hunting joke, right? At some point, this is yeah. not about bear hunting, right? Where the same thing happens over and over again, and you know the answer to uh, resolving this, this crisis just by going back to the same fantastic policies that Trump had, yeah, had uh, I. adopted. I. Can you just not do anything on that one? Right. Just they, leave that alone. Yeah, they dismantled it. I mean, the, the infrastructure was all there. But that's all they had to do is just leave it alone, like, like Ari just said. And they didn't do that. So by dismantling it, and then the crisis happens, and then they say, oh, okay, now I get it. You know, I should have left that dam up there in the first place and not tore it down so the water would all flood into my, my, uh, my city. Uh, had they just done that, it, it would be fine. But... But obviously, they're not doing anything. They're not doing a single thing different in the past, what, two months now? Yeah, and part of my thinking is, oh, it must be that they then want to then come to the American people <clears throat> in a few months or years <clears throat> and say, well, you know, this could all be fixed with another $6 trillion spending bill. Oh, right. right? So, you yeah, yeah if, if only we did that, another, hold it hostage is what you're saying. Yeah. Which, I, is, which is standard Democrat. I, I have a much more nefarious interpretation, much more cynical interpretation of what's going on. And here it is. I don't think that they want to stop this surge whatsoever. I think they're welcoming the surge. They want this surge. Because it's the only conclusion that one can make out of this. That, that when they know how to stop it, and uh, Harris, um, the, uh, you know, the, the escort in chief... Uh, when she does nothing, when Biden does nothing, when nobody's doing anything, uh, nobody's even talking about a plan, you have to assume at some point that they want this to continue. Yeah, I mean, they've proven walls work around the Capitol. You know, so, they, they, they know that walls you know, work. I mean, they know that security works, and they're not putting any money into that. They're, they're talking about, you know, multi-million, uh, multi-trillion uh, spending sprees for infrastructure and everything else, but the wall, well, that doesn't matter. You know, right. so that's okay. Climate change, that matters, but not, not the wall. Uh, because that's impossible, you understand. But, but everything else is possible. So obviously they want this to happen. It's the only conclusion that you can make. So the question is, what's in it for them? So your first go-to <laughs> answer, yeah, your first go-to answer is voters, right? So, we and I- and, and, ballots? Okay, you've got to speak more clearly, my friend. Voters with mail-in ballots. Right. Okay, so... Undocumented mail-in ballots. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that is, you know, I, I think that's the answer. I'm going to be even more cynical about it. It is about votes at the end of the day. Future Democrat voters, right? They, they know that the vast majority of the people who come in here are uh, great opportunities to vote Democrat. And some will vote conservative. That's great. But, but you know, you could probably say 80% of them will vote Democrat. It's a very reliable uh, base. Yeah. Uh, maybe in a few generations, some of them will become conservative, but by then it's too late. So here's my, um, my more cynical approach to this. They don't just let them into the border and then say, okay, well, wherever you go, that's fine with us. You know, uh, you know we just want you in America so that you can vote wherever you choose to go, uh, in whatever state you choose to go. No, 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 no. I think, and we know, that they are uh, flying them out to Texas. I mean, Texas is, is an entry point anyway, and to Florida. You know, um, you're saying red states, right? Red states that are, are reasonably easy to flip. 
Well, uh, in the news, uh, quietly reported, they're actually putting them in dark red states. They're putting them in I- Idaho and South Carolina. They're, f- they're using them, and you're exactly right, they're using them to flip the red states to purple to blue. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. That, that's exactly so the approach. It's, I, I, it's, but why? And why wouldn't they? They've done. Look, they've been pretty brilliant. The Democrats. I mean, they are very devious, very Machiavellian. Uh, you know, they say that we are, but everything that they say that we are is exactly what they they are doing. They did this, and I have to, you know, give real great props to Bill Clinton for his genius move. Uh, he in 1992 or so, I forget. Maybe uh, maybe a little bit later, he convinced the uh, Navy essentially to move a lot of its operations from California to Georgia. Well, that was that was actually started in 1993. I've told you about this before. It wasn't just the Navy; it was almost every military base in California, the El Toro Air Station uh, down in Orange County, a whole bunch of other, and it wasn't just military facilities, it was the defense contractor companies. So what he basically did is the exact same version of this, where instead of importing, and he also imported illegal aliens into California with his amnesty plan, but at the same time, he took the red state voters from California and exported them to red states, where they'd have no appreciable difference in the electoral college. Right, for the, for the, that's exactly what it was, and it was a brilliant move, I, I have to say. I mean, it's not the move that I would have wanted, but you have to appreciate a good chess move when you see one. And it was, and, and it was it, it under the entire thing, was under, remember, he called this the peace dividend. Whatever, okay, yeah. so let's, I, I don't want to belabor this point. The point is that it was, a, it was a good move. Now, they're doing a similar move right now, and what they are doing by shipping these people at taxpayer expense to Florida, Texas, and presumably South Carolina and other red states that, uh, I, if I were them, I would move them to uh, questionable, you know, purplish states or leaning red states so that they could be reliably blue states going forward. And that would be very helpful in Georgia, very helpful in Florida, very helpful in Texas, very helpful in South Carolina. These are key states. If you can get Florida to be reliably blue, uh, Texas to be, I mean, I can't even believe I'm I'm saying it, but to be reliably blue uh, in the future, then there's no chance for a uh, Republican president in 2024 or beyond. It's just just no chance. And that is the plan. That is the only way I can explain the decision to do absolutely nothing when it comes to this border crisis. Absolutely nothing. So uh, while a lot of we conservatives are chiming in about how feckless and how do-nothing this president is and how negligent they are regarding the border and this is a a sign of uh, Biden's incompetence and such like that, you and I, Ari, are saying this is not incompetence. This no, is not negligence. Opposite. This is a this is very well planned. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's total competence. They're just not marketing to the public what the competence goal is, as you're saying, because yeah. the goal is so unbelievably awful. Yeah, no one would want it. Yeah. So the the policy is more like, uh, or the, the attitude is, please stop. Don't come into the country. Oh no! Well, what shall we Morse code ever we in, right? What shall we ever do? Yes, it's wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and uh, you know, let's uh, let, please don't come in, but please come in. I mean, what, what can I say? It's 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 so obvious at this point. Um, you know, we talk about uh, what's his name, um, Andrew Cuomo, and the um, 
uh, how he was so awful with the COVID cases. And it's, it's kind of the same thing. He's, he's, I mean, I'm not, not to compare illegal immigrants with infected patients, but the point is that he was so careless about this. And you begin to wonder, you know, why would you do this, Governor Cuomo? Uh, you obviously had a plan. Yeah, the plan. obviously deliberate. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing they did with the BLM riots in all these blue cities. It, it, I've never seen massive militarized police forces be completely ineffective at crime fighting on a mass scale. Yeah. But they all knelt with the protesters. They all said, like they did in Baltimore in 2015, we'll give you room to destroy. Yeah. It's like, who looked at Baltimore in the Freddie Gray riots and said, that's the model I want to follow for my city, and then they all did it. Yeah. It must be deliberate for a grander plan. Right. And it's the same thing. I mean, look, we're not that uh, myopic in terms of history. We have New York City under Giuliani as a great example of how to respond, how to turn around a, a bankrupt city that was not only in a high crime, uh, horrific situation, but also governed by the mafia. I mean, it was an incredible turnaround. The, the, the difficulty that Giuliani faced at the time was extraordinary, and yet he still did it. So we know how to handle it. All you have to do is go to the Giuliani playbook. And if you want to stop immigration, you go to the Trump playbook, right? I mean, th- these are good examples of what we're talking about. But no, uh, they have better plans. And, and likewise, when it comes to the H.R. 1 bill, which this is the big infrastructure bill. No, that's we, the voting rights bill. I'm sorry, you're right. But there's a new tri- uh, a multiple trillion dollar um, uh, infrastructure bill that's not really infrastructure, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to get into that right, right now. That's the I don't want to get to that. And, yeah, and yeah, I don't want, I don't want to get into that. The, the point is that, that we know that that doesn't work. We know what does work is capitalism and free market enterprise, that when you let the government assume the primary role as the economy mover, terrible things happen. It always leads to recession, always leads to malaise, uh, always leads to inflation and higher interest rate, interest rates, sometimes called uh, stagflation. Uh, it, it cannot be good, and, and yet they continue doing it. So they, obviously, there's a, they can't be that myopic that they literally don't see what happened the equivalent of yesterday, that the metaphorical equivalent of yesterday. It's too recent to not know what happened. And we're not even talking about the depression and how awful it was because uh, FDR got in the soup too much and tried to control the economy, you know, like a, like a puppet master. Uh, that was a disaster. I'm not even talking about that. That's what, 90 years ago, uh, what happened. I, that's, that's too long ago for a Democrat to remember anything. But we do know uh, just recently that Trump took over a very, you know, a stagnant economy and made it roar in a way that nobody would have ever predicted. But of course, he knew would, in fact, change everything. And that's the difference. And they simply don't want to acknowledge it. They have to go through with their plans. So we have to impute certain intent, right? I mean, it's, I'm a lawyer, as you know, and there's certain ways, it's very rare that you can uh, simply you know, get somebody to admit that he intended to steal money, intended to defraud uh, you know, this customer, or intended to inf- defraud uh, certain investors like Bernie Madoff. He's not going to admit that, right? So how do we get the finding that somebody intended something without an admission? What you do is you impute intent based upon certain circumstances, right? 
So, or in the same way that you can impute uh, that somebody is committing a crime by the fact that he's running away <laughs> from the cops, uh, from the, 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 the donut store that he stole from, uh, allegedly stole from, right? He runs away and he looks nervous. And, uh, and when, he, when he, you catch him, he's got a whole bunch of donuts there on, on him, but you know, he can't pr- pr- provide receipts and so on like that. You're imputing intent. Okay, didn't, the donuts didn't just happen to be in his pockets, right? So the same thing here applies to the Democrats. We can impute their intent because uh, of the massive destruction that will result, because we also know what does work. And by not employing what does work, that must mean, and, and, and that they know what works, that must mean that they prefer something that doesn't work. Okay, so hence when... Gascon here in Los Angeles decides to not criminalize trespassing on people's property or defecation on people's property or homelessness, the vagary laws in particular, uh, when he says that it's okay to um, not criminalize or not enforce laws of people's shoplifting up to $900 from any given store at any given incident... Uh, then you've got a major problem on your hands. That's that violates everything associated with the Giuliani rule, right? Nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred dollars. So why aren't we stealing right now? I know we can make a lot of money. We could. No, not make a lot of money. We could save a lot of money. There's <laughs> a lot true. of stuff in those stores I want. Well, okay. I, I don't want to again drill down on that. We did talk I, about I'm, this I'm, before. I'm showing you how that incentivizes a non-criminal. It's too easy. To become one. It's right? too easy to. You to, must want to make crime. crime. So you must yeah, exactly what he he. It's exactly right. He wants a decay of society. So then the the question becomes, because I think we've established it, that they want a decay of society. Why so? Um, They have a a greater plan. It's the Agenda 21 plan, among other things that are in play here. There must be a reason for it. You scratch your heads. You try to figure it out. Because you scratch your heads only because you know what the answer is to, to resolve these problems. Greater police presence. Right, and we, and, greater enforcement, greater, enforcement. greater, greater prison sentences, right. more prisons, more, more prisons, more prisoners in the prisons, yeah. and more rights for the law abiding, right. and, and dealing with fatherlessness and and not uh, claiming it to be racism and so on. So, yeah. uh, and then there's the immigration thing, enforcing the border. Yeah, and now, these and are these these things are very easy, very easy. Instead, we have a an obvious intent on the part of the Biden administration. To do nothing, in fact, they've done more than do nothing. Like I said, they've collapsed, they've dismantled the previous Trump administration policies, which were working so effectively. People will notice that in 2022, God willing, and then maybe things, maybe things will turn around. We have a chance. 2022 may be more important in a sense than 2024, because if we get enough Republicans in uh, in 2022, in the House of Representatives in particular, not only can we stop the Biden administration from its uh, attempt to um, uh, change the entire platform of America and completely uh, change the agenda of America, but we might be able to reverse some of the election laws that, that are designed to, to an, an entice fraud, right? Yeah, keep Democrats in power forever. And then there's always the question of can we Im- impeach Biden? Which the answer is yeah, but with enough senators to uh, get over the Romney threshold, we could actually remove him. Yeah, God willing. I, I, you know, I just don't know. I don't know. I think we'll be. I think we'll be better 
in 2022 with a, a majority in the Senate. And I, I'm feeling more confident that we'll have a majority in the House. Uh, but we really need uh, really big fighting. This is 2022 will be a very important year. And so we just got to fight as much as we can about that. Okay, let's, let's move on. And, and here's the issue. Uh, it's the issue of this new anti-Asianism claim uh, that uh, apparently is sweeping the country, Ari, it is. It's sweeping it. You didn't know it, but here it is. It's, it's as if it's a talking point that suddenly everyone's supposed to be up in arms about. So we know, for example, that this guy in Atlanta who kills six or so women, Asian women, uh, in the massage parlor, that uh, that's an example of this anti-Asian uh, wave uh, from, the, from the right, of course, and from white people in particular. Um, because as you know, uh, white people and uh, conservative people in particular, conservative whites, they so hate Asians. I mean, y- you say it all the time, right? I mean, I, you know, I, all of our friends are talking about how much they hate Asian people, right? Right? Oh, wait a minute. No, not right at all. Anyway, they decided that, <laughs> that there, was a, uh, there was an attack on the Asian, uh, on these people in Atlanta, specifically, uh, why? Because the guy was white, you know, too late. <laughs> it was his decision to be white. That's his fault, right? Never mind, of course, that when they arrested him, I mean, he was caught alive, uh, which is good because we want to punish him. Um, he said nothing about the fact that they were Asian. He couldn't care less about that. The reason why, in his you know, uh, screwed up mind, was he had a sex addiction, uh, and he felt that by killing these people, that somehow he was suppressing or was able to kind of ameliorate his uh, sex addiction issues, because you know they were providing um, sexuality or, or you know impulses that that he didn't like. So what better way to do this than to kill them, right? It's a it was it's a mad way of thinking, but nevertheless, it's not because they were Asian. It was because he was crazy. It's as simple as that. Okay. Uh, but again, too late, he was white. <laughs> so in the meantime, you have uh, three separate uh, anti-Asian attacks that are specifically anti-Asian. Uh, well, at least two of them. I'll talk about the two first. Uh, both of them apparently in New York, one uh, of a guy, an Asian guy, who was just beaten mercilessly in a subway in New York, and while he was beaten, uh, it's because you know, he was yelled at and, and uh, a lot of words were saying about him being Asian and you, you, know, you don't belong here sort of talk, right? Uh, and then you have this other horrific video of this elderly Asian 65-year-old woman on her way to church, no less, beaten, uh, being savagely beaten by uh, a, a big, big guy. Uh, and the first thing he says is, you don't belong, get out of here, you don't belong here. Obviously, meaning, you know, with reference to the fact that she's Asian and just beats the living daylights out of her. It's just horrific. And uh, those are not touted as anti-Asian crimes. Just not even despite the fact that they literally say that they are doing it because they hate Asians. Right. Why is this? How do you square that circle, Ari? You ask. Well, because... Because the media said so. <laughs> the media said so. No, but it, it was not anti-Asian, according to the media, because these, the two perps in question were black. They were not the white conservatives that they wanted to, to advance as a narrative. No, no, no. 
This, uh, this was a simply, uh, you know, a sad crime of a, cr- a crazy person in both situations, and we just got to be careful out there, okay? Uh, and this is probably all due to climate change anyway, right? So, oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. that's probably the real reason. Oh, no, no, no. As you said correctly in the previous uh, podcast, I think, Ari, that uh, what's really going on is when a crime like that happens, it's not the, the perp's fault. The reason why is that he was suffering racism of his own and he's just lashing out at the world because the world has not given him the goodies that he so richly deserves. Right, as, as I found out from a college professor this week, when black people commit crimes, it's because they're acting white. Just like when they do math and get the answer correct or show up to their job on time. Or grammar is, is correct. Uh, right, th- th- speak that's like speaking. Thomas yeah. Sowell, they're just acting white, you know. Well, okay, so this is the, the crazy logic that they have, because why not, right? I mean, AOC, with regard to the, um, the insurgency and the so-called crisis on the border, she says this is not a crisis on the border, right? This is the, this is the logic. I'm just extending to what she said. You, you could always go to AOC. Whenever I'm looking, I'm short of clips from oh, my no. Sunday show. Oh. You know what I do? I just search under AOC. And you'll find something. I'm going to find something. Yeah. Okay, so I found something, again, and in this surge dis- discussion, she said, this is not a, an immigration crisis. No, no, no. No, no. This is an imperialism crisis, you right. see, and a climate change crisis because, you know, those two things should really go hand in hand for some reason. So she's decided those two things go together. Okay. It's not at all a surge. Because how could it be a surge, by the way? Because these children, because it's mostly children, they're not insurgents, right? You hear that, Ari? The word surge is in the word insurgent. Therefore, it can't be a surge. You get it? That's like, you know, a woman can't... So the Capitol riot was a surge because it was committed by insurgents. Right. But the border surge is not a surge because they're not an insurgency made up of insurgents? It does make you dizzy, doesn't it? Uh, but but using the same logic. What if my the, name's Sergio? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't like Sergio. He's clearly an insurgent. Yeah. Um, but men, uh, sorry, women cannot menstruate because it's uh, the word men is right there. So clearly, there's no such thing as menstruation. Got it? Uh, okay, are we clear I need on this? To go folks? to the women's room and think about this. <laughs> this well, you are allowed to these days I in this know. glorious country bar where, the, where we're losing all of our distinctions, right and left. Okay, yeah. let's go back to to the uh, the, I the just notion. I want to say real fast: the best thing about working for you when I'm here is that you have a key to the women's room of your building. So <laughs> since I'm an insider with access to it, I now have the full freedoms. Granted to me under the Constitution by our founding fathers. And God bless this country. <laughs> anyway, so going back to the, uh, I mean, she talks about this. Sorry, but what you just said about the surge thing is making my head hurt. I mean, I'm literally having an anxiety attack. Of, of these, you know, the language policism of it is so disorienting. It, even as a conservative, where you have where we suffer the, the bane of clear thought. Is is now? I mean, it, it's made gravity go haywire on me. Listening to the Brock Lurie podcast may hurt your brain. <laughs> Please, if you have one, <laughs> if you can't get help somewhere. <laughs> what okay. the hell is wrong with this woman? Surge, it is, is surge. What? I know. The, what the for for the love of 
All right, so we've beaten that dead horse thoroughly. But the point is that AOC, she's crazy, obviously. So she thinks that all, all things are related to climate change, including racism. And, and this, is, this is what's happening with going back to the, uh, the so-called anti-Asianism uh, crisis or the insurgency that's going on with that. Um, I, I, it's just how people buy this claptrap is fascinating to me, Ari. Yeah, how, I, I just don't understand how people watch their TV, and the news comes on, and they believe it. I, I don't understand this. And part of it is, you know, I'm, I'm a little older, so I remember even Don Henley and Jane's Addiction and, you know, bands that, let's just say, are people of the left, harboring, you know, a vile hatred of the news media and their songs. I mean, what, what, what happened? How are we now in the age of Cardi B and you just believe what the news tells you? Well, it's not just the news. It's also the government itself. I mean, in, in the 60s, uh, it went too far the other way where uh, they couldn't trust the government whatsoever. The government was always on their case. The government was always deceiving them, right? right. And likewise with the news media, they couldn't believe anything the news media was saying. It was a highly cynical, somewhat paranoid approach to um, uh, looking at the world, and that was the left. But it turns out that was better than what we're dealing with now, which is that they believe everything the government is telling them. They believe everything that the news media is telling them, at least on the far left. But this is how I want to leave it, Ari, on this podcast. Uh, I, I, As you know, I'm fascinated by the effect that this or that incident has on the average voter, uh, the effect that this or that agenda uh, has on the average voter, the effect that this or that new bill or major program has the effect has, a, has, a, has an effect on the voter. And what we're seeing here in the past two plus months so far in the Biden administration, Biden asterisk administration, is uh, so bizarre, so uh, overreaching, so progressive as a leftist agenda, so naked in its apparent purpose. Just to grab power. Just case. to grab power. Yeah. And, and telling you, you know, something is red when in fact it's blue or whatever it is. I mean, just it, up is down and so forth. Yeah, and expecting you, expecting you to right. believe it. And that, that to me is where I think that even the average voter is beginning to say, I don't know about this. And I, I put it to you, Ari, that I don't think, two things. I don't think that anybody who voted for Trump regrets having voted for Trump at this point. It's, it's so clear. I do think that a lot of people who voted for Biden, a lot, and I'm talking in the millions. Uh, yeah, I'm like half to three quarters. Are right beginning now. to say, what the frig have I done, right? I mean, look, I, I, you know, I, I've had many regretted votes in the past, but right now, within only two months of his administration. I think people are, are feeling exactly that. So we have a lot of work to do. We talked about this before, that in 2022, we've got to change the tide when it comes to the House of Representatives and yeah, the Senate. to overcome voter fraud and crazy rules and all that other stuff. There's some, there, there's some bright lines on the horizon. Texas recently passed... Well, at least the House of Representatives, their, their equivalent, their state House of Representatives, just passed a bill uh, on bipartisan lines uh, to completely undo the mail-in balloting and be much more circumspect about the voting process. It's going to go to their Senate. It, it looks like it might pass. Yeah, Georgia passed it. So right. there's that so one. These are, so these are good things. They're doing stuff. They're beginning to see that, 
look, whatever it is, we'll, we'll, we'll honor the, the election results so long as those results are fair and square. Uh, people have that sense of fairness, I think still, the vast majority of Americans do. The far left, of course, they don't have that, uh, that sense of, of uh, fairness. That's their problem. But they are a tiny minority. I got to believe that. And we are going to fight. And as I saw in a meme the other day, we need to fight for freedom at least as hard as we once fought for toilet paper. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. At least as hard. That's all. If we could do that, if everyone could fight to that level, we might have a shot. Okay? We certainly fought hard enough on the toilet paper front. All right. Uh, I don't want to leave on a silly note, but we, we all need to fight. We just do. And, 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 and we need to understand about how things change. And when people have such wildly naked power grabs and show the ugliness behind that mask, when they take off the mask, as the Democrats are now doing, showing that they clearly want a massive border surge, that's when things change. And it's too bad that it has to be that way that's where we're getting. I have hope that great things can happen. I am worried, but all the more reason for us to fight, and I'm channeling that worry into, into action. I hope you're with me. All right, this is Brock Lurie signing off, and thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>